You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is, of course, episode 227 of the Black Eagles podcast. And as usual, I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, right, live from New York City, where spring has finally arrived. The weather has stabilized. We're not going, we're not getting cold anymore. We've, we've reached that point, it seems. We found our comfort zone. <laughs> As always, New York's weather and Besiktas's form aligning with perfection. Uh, of course, the match was a was a fun one. There's not a lot of particularly exciting news to talk about. Uh, Kaiseri also isn't a particularly exciting team to be talking about. They were. Excuse me for that. Uh, but they were in 14th place coming into the match. You know, not a particularly um, scintillating form for a side here. They had um, they had drawn twice, lost twice, and won once in their last five. Their only win coming on the road against Guztepe. They lost to Fener, Trabzon. I mean, they, they put up a fight against Trabzon. Trabzon's been pretty weak lately, but I guess it should be noted. Trabzon for our champions. It's official. Um, that's a bit of a side note, but I guess we gotta make note of it. Season's officially over. We're officially champion, not champions anymore. So on that note, let's dig into this. Operation is in effect as of right now. So whatever. It is what it is. We knew that was coming. If you want to look for a silver lining in that bit of news, it also meant that Fener's hopes were dashed once and for all, so some hearts of our rivals were broken. Alongside our, us losing a claim to the to, to the you know title of champion, I don't know if it's official yet. Maybe it's not official till the season's over. <laughs> Come on, we're still champions in some you know in some ways. But so yeah, uh, as I mentioned, Kaiser Sport not in particularly good form. It's pretty middling in the table all around. Head to head, they had beat, uh, beaten us in the cup, many will recall, not long ago. So we might be looking for revenge. That said, in the Super League earlier in this season, we beat them 4-2. to two. That was in the middle, the middle of December. <clears throat> and it was uh, Babe, Mame, Babe, Tiam who got scoring off. But then it was Kyle Laren, Tiam giving the lead again before Mishi Bachuai nailed him with a brace. And then Guven Yalchin, off of Pachuay assist, closed it out. So, um, kind of some final fond memories of the Sergen Yalchin era, perhaps. If, uh, if, if you're looking for that kind of thing. 
Actually, no, that was already Under Caravelli. <laughs> Psych! Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, lots of reasons to, to like Under Caravelli at that point. I guess that was right when he was getting started. In all, in our last uh, 27 outings against Kaiseri Sport, Bashtash had won 14, drawn 6, and Kaiseri had won 7. So 52% of those results were victories for us, Besiktas. 26% victories for Kaiseri, 22% draws. So we were heavily favored historically. Let's hope we can add to that misery, right? Or that's what we were hoping at the time. Let's go into lineups. First of all, for Besiktas, Ersin Destanolu in goal, no surprise there. Montero back in the lineup alongside Wellington, who was back, and Serdar Sachi. So that was fun. I think a lot of us feared with Vita out that we, we would like definitely see Najib. It was great to see Valerian Ismail try out the kid. The kid who I think many of us are growing fond of, if, we have, if we're not already there. On the flanks, the wingbacks, Ridvan Yilmaz and Valentin Rosier. Of course, in the middle of our midfield, a bit of a change. Atiba Hutchinson and Emirhan Ilkan. Uh, also, I think good news for many seeing the kids. So, Serdar Sachi and Emirhan Ilkan getting starts. Kyle Lahren on the left side, Rashid Ghazal on the right, and Mishi Batshuayi up top. So, he's been brought back into the lineup again. He's sort of I think, I think the hope to shake him up didn't seem to do much. I suppose what we gotta do is talk about what happened in the match now, right? Oh, no, 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 sorry. I should mention our rivals. Uh, they had, of course, Silvio Lung, the 32-year-old Romanian goalkeeper, behind Majid Hosseini, 25-year-old Iranian, Yildirim Jetin, 25-year-old Turk. Those are the two central defenders on their flanks. Lionel Carroll, 31-year-old Frenchman on the left side, and Onur Bulut, 28-year-old German Turk, on the right side of their defense. Joseph Atama, 27-year-old midfielder from Ghana, next to Olivier Kemen, 25-year-old Frenchman. Uh, they sit behind Andrea Bertolacci, 31-year-old Italian attacking midfielder. And on their wings, they'd have Mame Babatiam, Opposite Ramazan Civelek, 26-year-old Turk, with, of course, Mario Gavranovic up top, the 32-year-old Swiss striker. So, uh, you know, interesting stuff, fairly attacking from them. I mentioned Tiam scoring the first goal in the first match of the season against us. We'd come back and win that one 4-2. I mentioned that as well. Well, guess what? Uh, the first goal of this game would also be scored by Tiam. But first, let's let some other stuff happen first. In the ninth minute, for example, Atiba Hutchinson, with a sort of clumsy bit of ball control, loses it, resulting in a long counter, uh, which Erzin comes out, does well to, to slide and, and take out that attack before it becomes anything dangerous. 13th minute, Onur Bulut from the right side, from fairly deep, takes a shot with some real power on it. Erickson gets behind that one, deflects it out wide, 
save there as well. Not too difficult, but just to show, Kaiser came out with some intent here. They were really hungry for what, like 13th place? They wanted to be the best red and yellow side in the Super League. They wanted to pass Galatasaray into 13th place, perhaps. Um, in the 19th minute, our first bit of action, Batshuayi uh, gets the ball in the box. Oh, no, I take that back. No, this was back behind, like, in our... So we were on the counter here, so he, this was back in our... Like, sort of near the halfway line, basically, in our zone of the field still. A clever little pass to Rashid Ghazal, who's in space, who dings it forward perfectly into the path of Kyle Laren, who perfectly stayed on um, and sort of sprung himself just in time to be in just complete space, one-on-one. -on -one. And it's a bad shot. I mean, Silvio Lung, Lung does well, to his credit. He is a good, experienced keeper, but still, uh, yeah. Not good enough from Kyle Laren in the one-on-one. -on -one. I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, maybe he's offside. He wasn't. He was perfectly put on by Rashid Gizal, and it was a chance completely wasted. And to add insult to injury, on the ensuing corner kick from that save, Gazal sends it into the box, sort of bounces around. A little bit of bad luck. It drops to Hosseini, their central defender, the Iranian one. He does some lovely footwork on the ball, which is odd from a central defender. Gets around like four of our guys. Sends on a long ball perfectly into the path. Maybe he'd pass it to someone else and they sent it upfield. Whatever. However it resulted, it was a perfect long ball into the path of Mamed Baba Tiam dog out there making a fuss. Tiam would go down quite easily. Uh, and what's worse is that, so Wellington has the step on him it looks like. He's got, he's closer to the ball. He gets past him. And then Tiam kind of just reaches up, grabs Wellington's head and sort of shoves him down. And so Wellington falls down, does the stupid thing of like going for the ball you know, with his hands, he just grabs the ball, like, okay, I've been fouled, like, next. Dumb, because apparently there was no call made on Tia. Sorry for the siren. I'm going to try to talk through it. Here we go, see? Rewarded for my... Ugh. I was going to say rewarded for my patience. I'm doing this during the day, so for folks out there uh, who are annoyed by this, trying to power through it. Okay. But yeah, so Tiam is awarded the penalty. He steps up, takes it uh, fairly easily, sends Ersin the wrong way. Terrible shame, obviously. It's not deserved. That siren blaring, I think, is 100% is recognition of the injustice that we were, you know, that we suffered in this scenario. Certainly uh, a foul on Tiam. Not a penalty. All the pundits agreed eventually as well. Wellington will get a yellow card um, a few minutes later in the 26th minute. Still salty. Very salty. Man, between the, the, the motorcyclists and the dogs and the ambulance, New York City does not want this podcast to be recorded. But we're fighting the city. Um... Next chance would actually drop again to Kaiser, to Olivier Kemen, who I mentioned earlier, a 25-year-old Frenchman. He'd take a, sh a well-cued-up shot from outside of the penalty box 
Erzin does very well to save this one. That's his first real convincing save of the night. I mean, I guess that first one where he comes out and clears the ball is really good regardless of whether it's a save, technically, you know, in quotes or whatever. But anyway, that would be it um, for their chances for this half. Because from then on, Bachelor Chat was like, you know what, this, this, we need to do something here. And they responded well. 35th minute. Mishibachuai brings the ball down fairly well, but then loses it. It's sort of bouncing around like a pinball in the box until it just sort of trickles out into the path of Atiba Hutchinson, who cues up perfectly a lovely cross, dinks it right over the defense and into the path of Ridvan Yilmaz, who just has to put it in the back of the net and skews it wide instead with the whole goal in front of him. Bad luck. Could have been a lovely goal, a lovely equalizer before the half two with plenty of time left. Uh, and to make matters worse, in the first minute of extra time, Emirhan Ilkan takes a shot that it looks like he has no business taking, but he curls it perfectly, keeps it low, it sort of skims the grass, curls right into the path of the goal, and Silvio Lung with a just amazing diving save to keep Kaiserispor ahead and to keep Emirhan out of the, the scoring books. And what a goal that would have been, I think, for all the Arda Guler lovers. You know, this Emirhan kid now is getting full 90 minutes, playing really well. I'm telling you, man, if that goal went in, he would have been getting the plaudits for sure. Anyway, that's it for the half. At the half, they sub in Emra Bashan for Ramazan Chivelek. And, um, you know, like I said, we had our thinking caps on from that point on, from about the 30th, 30th minute or so. 49th minute, right out of the gates, pretty much. A free kick from Rashid Ghazal. We'd already had a, a sort of half chance before this. But Rashid Ghazal sends it in well into the path of Atiba Hutchinson, who heads it further, just perfectly into the path of Serdar Sachi, who just hammers it into the back of the net. Technically, it sort of caroms off Merit Chetin, could have been credited as an own goal, but I think they give it to Sergei Sachi because his shot is on target to begin with, with enough force that he deserves it. And Atiba with the assist. Should have been his second assist, it's worth noting. 56th minute, Valentin Rosier with a lovely cross. It was right after Kaiseri's second substitution. They subbed on Ugur Demirok for Yildirim Chetin. So, right about that same point in the match, Valentin Rosier sends in a ball nicely into the path of Rashid Ghazal. Sends it in perfectly on a dime from deep. Um, Rashid Ghazal turns on it really well off of his first touch, then sends in a shot that's a bit high. Would have been a lovely goal. So we're scrapping it out now. Now that it's level at one to one, it looks like we're the more likely side to get that go-ahead goal at this point for sure. Javi Montero, in the 60th minute, gets himself a yellow card. A pretty dumb one, some folks said, in my group chat, uh, that he came in late, a little too physical. I honestly, like, I was watching out on the balcony, you know, on my laptop, nice sun, you know, maybe I didn't have the best view of it or whatever, but it looked pretty tame to me, honestly. It looked like a typical you know, defender coming in for a head on, a, on that type of play. I didn't see anything in it. 
perhaps again I didn't get the closest view on it and maybe it was quite done by Montero but anyway so he got that yellow card which means he will be missing the next match against Fener which I suppose that's what makes it dumb in the big in the grand scheme of things uh, just because we we would have wanted to see him in that match right we want to see our best three defenders um, in this new system against formidable opposition Um, but so yeah, a yellow card for Montero, 70th minute subs, we saw Alex Teixeira come in for Rashid Gazal, George Kevin Nkudu come on for Kyle Laren, Kenan Karaman come on for Michi Batshuayi, so a bit of a surprise there, perhaps, uh, I, I think it could signal, and I hate to be a, a bringer of bad news here, but it could actually signal Ruben Yalchin's contract talks breaking down. Maybe we're not signing him again. You know, maybe he's hitting the trash heap long term. Uh, but so that would mean Kenan Karaman is then the only option off the bench. So that would be whatever. News. Not necessarily like terrible news. It's not like Ruben Yalchin is a superstar. But on the other hand, he could be like some valuable Turkish depth in a scenario where we, we need that. Anyway, so um, from there, the next fun action, 74th minute, uh, Tiba Hutchinson, in a kind of lull, it seems, in action, sends up a long cross. Everyone's almost like sleeping on this. It drops perfectly to Georges Cavat and Kudu, who takes one touch to sort of bring it into his path, and a second touch, a soft one, down, just to keep it low on the ground, but right past the keeper into the back of the net. And Besiktas is winning. Or, yeah, I mean, it's two to one. They're winning. Um, Kevin and Kudu, Kevin, George Kevin and Kudu's shot went between the legs of Lung. So, a man who's made so many fantastic saves to this point gets undone by a nutmeg of a, you know, I mean, honestly, a very well placed effort by Nkudu. And there it is. A goal. Uh, Valentin Rosier gets a yellow card for fiddling with the ball or something. I didn't even notice it. Um, and unfortunately, what that means for him is that he's out of the next match, too. And some people are really mad about this. People saying he was fishing for a yellow card, he didn't want to play, he wants to go on vacation or something. I mean, I don't think that's very logical, because it's not like he gets to go on vacation if, just because he's, he's not going to get to play in the next match. He still has to go to training every day and sit uh, you know, in the stands. So I don't really understand the logic of people saying that. I think he's just a hothead, to be 100% honest. Uh, he's actually played fairly well up to this point, too, which is what makes it even more confounding, but... Anyway, yellow card for Valentin Ozier. But the next real action again, you know, so um, a long ball knocked forward from the back uh, into the path, uh, and I think it was Montero who sent this into his path, into the path of Nkudu, who does that like nice little step over with pace that he has, where it's kind of really hard to defend. Sure enough, he gets his defender to bite. It's a penalty right at the edge of the box. And who but Georges Kevin Kudu steps up to take it, sends it into the back of the net. Bam, bam, two to one and three to one. Besiktas has the lead here. I should say one to three, because we're on the road uh, for a side like ours that doesn't get a ton of victories on the road. Our last road 
victory was against Sivaspor in February. <laughs> so, just to give you a, a taste of how long it had been since that was done. But so yeah, we're up one to three on the, on the road. Things are looking quite good. And so what else? So 80th minute, Nejik Wiesel comes on for Hirvan Yilmaz. 81st minute, bam, Javi Montero gets his second yellow card. Sorry, I may have actually confused the first yellow card with this one. This was the dumb one, I think, where he comes in too late. Either way, I didn't think it was all that bad from my vantage point, which was not a particularly good one, as I've already noted. And so there it is. Uh, we're down a man, naturally. Why, why not have a little stress while we're doing this? Uh, that said, the only real action, so we had a substitution, Ilhan Parlak coming on for Joseph Atema. And then, of course, in the fifth minute of extra time, where there are five minutes are awarded, so of course, after the whistle should theoretically have been blown. Um, a ball from deep by Emra Bashan finds Miguel Cardoso. Perfect cross, A-plus ball, right into the path of Cardoso, who heads it down perfectly into the back of the net. Um, not really much of a scare, uh, two to three, but as soon as they put the ball back at the halfway marker and blow the whistle to start it up, they blow again to end it. And Besiktas is victorious, two to three on the road. And so for folks worried about like possession stats, we had more of it, 51 to their 49, despite being up in this match for quite a while. For a while we had significantly more possession than that. We had 17 total shots to their 14, six on target to their four. And uh, here's where the stats get kind of, you know, a little more fun. We had five big chances to their four. Two missed each. We completed 255 passes. They completed 252. They completed at a 75% rate to our 73%. We're trying a lot more long balls and stuff, so our passing accuracy is bound to drop a little bit. But so yeah, you know, interesting stats. They, they, it's not like it was a dominant win by any means, as it never is these days in the Super League on the road. But at the same time, right, we created five big chances. We had 17 shots, right? Like there is a huge silver lining to anyone who's trying to take a negative outlook on anything going on these days. And that's that we're now finally starting to make chances with this new system. And that was, I think, the big fear for many, especially with what we'd seen. We had 12 shots inside the box, right? Like, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Statistically speaking, that's, that's what you want to see. Now, speaking of statistically speaking, now, I guess, first of all, I'll go through the, the individual stats. You know, the top players, everyone with an above a 7 rating from best to best to the, you know, worst of the best, if you will. Highest rated player, Georges Cavan and Kudu. Next, Atiba Hutchinson. Then, Mame Baba Tiam, of course, who scored a goal. Serdar Sachi, fourth. Fifth, Valentin Rosier. So I said, like I said, he played well, despite that yellow card. Sixth, Emirhan Ilkan. Seventh, Wellington. Eighth, Yildirim Jetin for them, central defender. Ninth, Olivier Kemen, their defensive midfielder. Tenth, Miguel Cardoso, who of course scored a goal late. And he was the last player with, with a rating above a seven. 
Rashid Gazal and Onur Bulut each had a 6.97, right, right below the line, so we're not going to say anything for them. But so yeah, I mean, it's worth noting. George Kevin and Kudu, right? A goal, two goals rather, plus he earned the penalty. He had three shots, all of them on target. Accurate passes, three of three. So not a lot, but uh, very accurate. He, I mean, he did come in quite late. Oh, sorry, he was uh, two of his three shots were on target, rather. Um, one of them just wide. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, statistically he didn't do a lot. Our 27-year-old French Frenchman, who I believe, I guess if there is some news, he joined Cameroonian national side and will play in the upcoming World Cup, I heard. So that could be good news. It's not verified verified yet, so that's why I didn't put it in the news section up front. Hopefully it's true. It would be fun to have him to root for in the World Cup, no doubt. Next highest rated player is Atiba Hutchinson. And like, he might honestly be my man of the match. Aside from his assist, he should have had another one. Um, he should have had the... Didn't he have two assists? Who's, who assisted? Or was it Rosier who assisted the second goal? Let me see. So, uh, Atiba assisted Serdar Sachi. Oh, and nobody was given credit for Nkudu's goal. That's nuts. So that was a beautiful pass by Atiba, not, not credit to him. So he should have had two assists. In fact, he should have had three if you count the one where it was that long ball that dropped to Ridvan Yilmaz. No, Atiba played a full 90. He had one slash three assists, right? Should have been. Uh, two shots. He was 76% with his passes, 32 out of 42. So he took, a, he had a lot, and a lot of them from deep, from all over the pitch. And they were not like little dinkers. He was going for it. Four key passes. He created one big chance. Um, he was 0 for 2 on his shots, but he had 56 touches. So he was fairly, you know, he was all over the place. He won one of two tackles. Not, not crazy. Four of eight ground duels won. But he's just, the, the idea is he's getting in there, right? When you have three guys back, he doesn't need to be the most precise defender. It's just the idea that he's putting pressure on guys. That's what you want. And he did it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a fantastic performance for him. Uh, obviously, you can make the argument Serge Arsacci, you know, scores his first goal as a Besiktas player in competitive matches. Great one. Timely, obviously, with it being the equalizer. Uh, and just great defensive outing for him as well. I, I hope he got Valerian Ismail's attention. Um... We still need to re-sign him, too, I believe, so that's work to be done. Emirhan Ilkan also played quite well. Statistically, or he was rated highly. 90 minutes, two shots, accurate passes, 25 of 28 at an 89% rate. So he did quite well. He had 51 touches, two key passes, one big chance created. Um, his shots, you know, one of those two were on target. The one that just missed was the, oh no, the one that, that was on target actually was the one that could have easily gone in and it was Loom who made a fantastic save on it. Um, you know, he took three corners, right? Like he, he's involved, quite active. Uh, so you'd like to see that from the kid. Now, I put it up to, to you folks in the, in the uh, audience, if you will, who you thought our man of the match was. And like I said, like I'd lean towards Atiba, although you really can't completely remove from the equation uh, the fact that George Kevin and Kudu 
just had an immediate impact. Two goals, right? The two goals that gave us the lead and then sort of solidified it, which ultimately kept us ahead when they when they did hit us back for one late. Um, you guys all, 56% voted for Georges Kevin, 28% for Atiba Clutchinson, 9% for Emirhan or other, which I asked folks to explain and none of you did. So I guess it was all for Emirhan and then 6% for Sedar Sachi, which is not fair to the kid. I thought he should have been in third. Uh, but I'm gonna go with the, with the crowd, Georges Cavan, because you guys voted for it. And he certainly had two goals and then a huge impact. Man of the match material right there. Um, as for standings, we do have to talk about that a little bit. Bashik Tashis is now, we moved up into sixth place. We're one point behind Alanya Sport for fifth place, which could be a conference league spot um, or a Euro League. I don't know exactly how it'll work. We'll figure that out later. Um, but it, it, because if Trabzon wins the double, they're one of the last four teams in it. They could be uh, handing that fifth spot, the, 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 that, you know, the cup winner's spot. And so that would drop, that would go to fifth, I believe, which could be us if we can pass Alanias for they're only one point ahead of us, right? Three matches to go. Bashaksha here is actually only six points ahead of us, so it's still within the realm of possibility that we could pass them and move into fourth place, guaranteeing ourselves a spot in here in the Conference League. And it's interesting, if fifth place, if that spot goes to the Europa League and fourth place goes to the Conference League, do you almost, would you rather almost prefer fifth place? That's an interesting conundrum for us to consider. But anyway, there it is. Um, that's pretty much all we have to really worry about. Ten points ahead of us in third place is Konyaspor. Right, only three matches to play, so they can't. We, that's out of the realm of possibility. Only nine points up for grabs. Ten points back. Four points ahead of them are Fenerbahce, who have everything to play for still, as far as staying in second place and staying in the Champions League for next season. Konya Sport can theoretically catch them. We play both Fener and Konya, so... If we could manage to get fifth place and somehow lose to Konya and beat Fener, that could be fun. As far as um, getting Fener out of Champions League contention, potentially. Uh, but that's not really it. We should just win it. We should win them all. Certainly, I hope we beat Fener. We're playing Fener next week on Mother's Day here in the U.S which is what Sunday is, unfortunately, for us. Um, what that means for us is that uh, it's at noon. Best Touch is at home, so it's at Vodafone Park. Uh, 12 p.m. here in New York City. Check your local listings. Obviously a huge match, just because you want to beat you want to our rival. For us, it, it means, like, Alanya has Adana Demir sport, right? So they could easily drop points there. We could move into fifth place next week with a win. Also worth noting, so Alanya Spor has uh, another Turkish Cup match against Sivas after that, against, uh, after their match against Adana Demir. And then they play Gaziantep at home and then Fatih Karagumruz on the road. So it's kind of important that they drop points to Adana Demir and that we make them up here. Because, I mean, they're, they're not facing the toughest of opposition out going forward here. So this might be our chance. Hopefully, Adana Demirspor is up for it. For them, they also could theoretically, uh, by beating Alanya, have 55 points passing us, should we lose against Fener and moving into that fifth place spot. 
So everything to play for for Azana Demir. They should give An Alani a tough match, uh, and we hopefully can beat Fener and, and benefit from it all. Uh, right behind us is Fatih Karagumruk, actually. So they they could pose a problem for Alani, I suppose. They have 53 points, one point behind us. Adana Demir, two points behind us with 52. Is level with Antalya, who also have 52 points. So there's some potential for us to move down and at the end. But we could also move up. Theoretically, still, we could go up all the way into fourth. Uh, with that said, Bashakshi here has Galatasaray at home, then Giresun on the road, and then Trabzonspor at home. So, like, depending on how Trabzonspor approaches these last few matches, I mean, they've been pretty poor, honestly, leading up to them winning the title here. Congrats to them, right, by the way, again. Uh, Giresun could theoretically still be fighting off relegation. In theory, uh, it's not particularly likely. In fact, no, it's actually Gaziantep who's need them now. And 16th, who are in, within reach of Altai and Lise. Uh, Giresun is safe, so they might have nothing to play for, in fact. So yeah, you know, uh, Bashakshi here. Galatasaray and Trabzon could pose them trouble, obviously. You wouldn't imagine Giresun posing them much. And, and given where Trabzon will be with their season, it's the final match of the season. They've already locked it up and been partying for a few weeks. I don't know. It's not too likely. I think realistically we gotta hope for Alanya to drop points this week. That's right. This upcoming match day against Adana Demir and hope we can win it outright from here on out and pass them. With that said, uh, if they lost against Adana Demir, we would be level with 55 points with Alanya and Adana Demir. We would all have 55 points, so that would be awkward. I think we would stay in sixth on goal differential. So, um, whatever, right? Like, we want to win. That's the main thing, I suppose. That's the key here. With that said, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna let you guys be for this week. Uh, fun, fun times off, well, had by all, right? A nice win, no doubt about it. Something to look forward to going forward as far as the tactic working out in a lot of different ways. A smile showing, sort of the ability to do some plan B action, which was a, uh, supposedly a problem of his. And yeah, what we have is, uh, you know, pretty good situation all in all since his arrival. Let's hope we can close it out strong, beat our rival Fener at home, and then close it out with a solid, you know, fight, you know beat Gustepe and Konya also, right? Maybe we'll finish in fourth for all of our troubles, which wouldn't be so bad in the end, considering we spent most of the season in like eighth place, but... Anyway, that's it for me. Follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles podcast, one word. Follow myself on Twitter at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Shouts to uh, my guy Veli and Efe. Uh, Veli is a huge Bachelor fan, manager of La Boucherie in New York. Pretty famous French bistro in Union Square. I went there with my wife and... Um, my wife noticed one of the guys speaking Turkish. It was Efe, who's a Izmir dude, Karciaka fan, I think. Uh, and then he introduces the manager, who's a huge Besiktas fan. So uh, if he's listening, hope you enjoyed. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, 
Special Touch fans taking over New York City, as always. And let's go, Pushing Touch! Uh, but yeah, peace out, everyone. See you around next week. Laters, Gators. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.